the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. We know that Joe Biden, thanks to Time Magazine, operated with two alias emails. Robin Ware, J.R.B. Peters. You have a president who has two aliases. We know about the liaisons of corruption. Just uh, last night, early this morning, an article breaks where Hunter Biden has a friend testify before Congress, an old friend testify before Congress, how uh, Hunter Biden used Joe Biden to score a major Chinese energy deal worth tens of millions of dollars. They later went on to argue over an eight ball and a whore and a $50,000 loan. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. It's in the fracking article. These are the kind of scum who are bankrupting our nation. And when we talk about foreign policy, I had a text message from a friend of mine. He's like, I'd like your take on it. Well, I, I, I don't know how everyone doesn't share my take, and I'm dead serious about this. It is a money laundering scheme that exists to pay off politicians. They throw big numbers at the wall, and they all get a taste. They all get to wet their beak, and that's all it is. And when we have this conversation, I couldn't help but notice the, the, the names. My honey bunny got me the names of the Republicans that voted for this. McConnell, Thune, Boozman, and to name a few. Even Kennedy voted for it. Romney, of course, Romney. Murkowski. You think any of them have ever been in a fight? And I'm, I'm serious about this. Do you think that they ever grew up the way we did? Where they get in a fight with three guys that are trying to kick their fracking teeth in, let alone as a soldier fighting for their life, getting bullets shot at them. Do you think any one of them who are responsible for wiping out an entire generation in Ukraine, 400,000 that we guesstimate, because the same government that can't figure out how many billions to give the most corrupt country in all of Europe doesn't want us to know the toll on the honest citizens. See, it's always the way. Do you think that uh, Zelensky's, does he have the fruit of his loins? Did that little dwarf create another little dwarf? Do you think he's in, in the front lines? I don't think so either. It's the same game over here because we taught them this game. You know, it's a funny thing about the foreign aid. And when you think about all of this, our own veterans, what are we, how many die a day by suicide? Is it 20? Is it 19? Is it 22? What is it? What we do know is that you could solve homelessness among our veterans, American veterans, for $4 billion. You know how I know that, Squirrel? Well, talking to the champions of charity. At the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. $4 billion solves the entire American veteran problem. All of it could end. And these low-life rat bastards, they carve out hundreds of billions. Hundreds of billions for a corrupt oligarchy. Because they're all in on it, Biden actually says as much today. 
which I, I, I almost couldn't believe. Where, which clip is it? Let me see. I want to be clear about something, because I know it's important to the American people. While this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine, it spends the money right here in the United States of America, places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built. See, this is how you get the corporate welfare roaches on board. Well, if that's the case, why do you need the liaison of, of Ukraine in the middle? Why not just send them the weapon? Just send them, but just send it. You don't want to do that because there's not enough money to steal for Robin Ware. What's his other name? His brother, Brett. See, this is a scumbag who's perfected this for five decades. This is how he buys the mansions. This is how they become worth millions. And you'll never get the real number, just like the amount of death that they've created all around the world. Because this thing that in Ukraine, where they put the portly Pritzker in charge of rebuilding before we even ended the war, you remember this. The Biden administration has tapped former Commerce Secretary Penny Pritzker to lead the effort to rebuild Ukraine's economy. Because they're stealing. You're going to build Ukraine's economy. How about Chicago? You want to build Chicago's economy? It's a welfare roach third world, thanks to Democrat leaders like Penny Pritzker, Joe Biden, and the rest of it. And I think it's because most people don't understand exactly how foreign aid works. It's a money laundering scheme. And let's go to documentaries to prove it. Because for some reason, I think people glaze over like my wife does when I start telling her things. You know, it's the sound of my voice. It wears on her. But this money comes with strings attached. It isn't a cash handout. Instead, it's what's called foreign military finance grants. Simply put, the U.S. is very good at manufacturing military equipment, and they want other countries to buy it from them. So they get- Maybe this is why we keep Lloyd Austin on an, on an iron lung so we could pretend he's alive and Joe Biden's alive and Nancy Pelosi is the best stock trader in money he's ever seen. In the meantime, this is specifically to Israel. Give those countries money to do just that, kind of like a gift certificate. For example, Israel bought 50 F-35 jets from the United States, mostly paid for by these foreign military finance grants. This money goes right back into the U.S. economy, translating into jobs in manufacturing, engineering, and other fields. Foreign. Can you tell that this was released by the Democrat Party? Because it was. This is how they're trying to get the people who for decades have been anti-war. Decades have been anti-military industrial complex spending. In fact, they used to par- march through the streets, but now they step and they fetch. Because the Democrats are loyal, willing slaves. Aid is just one piece of a complex and tight-knit military relationship between the U.S. and Israel that evolved out of the two countries' shared geopolitical interests, security concerns, and core values. Israel looks after a stockpile of American weapons and ammunition, which they can also use themselves in an emergency. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean we already got a stockpile? They're looking over it and they could use it in an emergency? So then they don't need a dime. You don't need one dime. Go ahead. Fire the bullets at those goat Casanovas. Unload it. Well, you, what do you need the money for? Oh, I, 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 I think I understand why you need the money. You need the money so that you can keep all of your schemes going because that's what you really do. You use the money to build a mafia empire. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to the press conference. I said, no, nah. I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And, and let me understand this. Someone. So Putin's the autocrat. Putin's the autocrat. There's corruption and every other. This is an admission of a crime. Because that money that he used so his son wouldn't be prosecuted and the scam could be kept under lid was a policy, just like the one that passed now. Only that was only a billion. Now we're at 95 billion. So if you ask yourself, how does it really work? It's a fracking scheme. And did you know this, squirrel? We're even giving the enemies money. Oh, yes, we are. And not just chicken scratch anymore. Between 2015 and 2020, Afghanistan, Iraq, Jordan, and Egypt usually received between $1 and $9 billion annually in U.S. aid each. What? Aren't those the ones with the goat Casanovas? Kaboom! The ones that beat their wives and mutilate their daughters? What? This has been going on for decades? $1 to $9 billion? Well, maybe if you didn't pay them, they wouldn't be so excited about, you know, blowing their wife up. You filthy morons. And while each of these countries receives some military aid, they also get hundreds of millions of dollars for economic development and humanitarian assistance, which Israel doesn't. Notably, the West Bank and Gaza received $235 million in 2021, which is entirely humanitarian and economic aid. Two-thirds of the money... Yeah, but they don't, they don't have toilets, honey. They don't have toilets. They don't have a CVS. No Walgreens. No Whole Foods. What did they do with the money? Well, they built bombs and tunnels and they beat their women. And we've been giving it to them for how long? You see, we're the ones that are financing the whole fracking world. Without us, it's all just a Ponzi scheme. And here's what they know. They're just going to keep it going because what they understand is the people that vote for these fools, these character actors, they have no idea how they're being screwed from Sunday to Sunday, every fracking day of the year goes to UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, with the rest going to the Palestinian Authority directly. Because of how Israel is given this money, some experts prefer to compare Israel's aid to American military spending. Consider two of the countries with the most U.S. military bases abroad, South Korea and Japan. Between 2016 and 2019, it cost American taxpayers more than $3 billion a year to keep forces on the ground in South Korea. In Japan, it costs more than $5 billion. America's investment in those countries is very similar what to... What do you mean investment? If it's an investment, then show me the return. If it's an investment, show me the equity. Stop mixing up words. It's welfare. So we're buying favoritism. The money is gone in the wind, like the Chicago budget that the idiot just gave 18 companies that were made last week. Here, you know what I'm talking about, Squirrel? This one. The $17 million investment uh, for these... 18 black and brown small businesses is really the, um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's yeah. who we- that money's in the wind, burned up, just like the money to the two half-assed butter-handed pansies who pretend they're wise guys who own the tainted land. You built the tent, 10 million, 14 million, forget about it, in the wind. And that's the system. Only let's span it out on a national level. Now we start moving commas over, right, crooks? Countries that receive the most foreign aid from the United States. Starting off our list at number 10 is Somalia, receiving $0.89 billion in emergency food assistance. Somalia. Somalia, Somalia. Isn't that the one with the congresswoman with the turban on her head? Married her brother. The one who let the, the company from Somalia come in and steal tens of millions of dollars in fraud. So they pretended they were feeding kids after they stole tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions 
because they pretended they had daycare centers. Somalia, they're our friends too, Squirrel. Be nice. They're our friends. Moving on to number nine, we have the Democratic Republic of the Congo receiving $1.0 billion in emergency food assistance. Feeding everybody. Feeding everybody. Congo, what do they do? Oh, they're, they're big on cutting hands and heads off. They're another one of those countries like to beat their women, and they don't like to teach them how to read. You know, maybe it's why the Chicago public school kids can't read. Because if they could read, they'd figure out how much they were getting stolen from their future. How much of this will come back as taxations so they can't open businesses unless Brandon Johnson tells his buddy, hey, hey, dummy, go get an LLC. I'm going to spread some money around. We're going to pretend it's, it's very good. You're going to love it. Now, just do me a favor. Kick a little back. Securing the eighth spot is South Sudan with $1.1 billion in humanitarian assistance. How many CPS students could point to South Sudan on a map? How many of them even knew it was a country? $1.1 billion. That's slippage among Democrat scumbags. Right, Brett Ware? Robin Ware? Whatever. At number seven, we find Jordan receiving $1.3 billion in economic and military assistance. Yes, I know, Squirrel. These are all countries we're bombing now. I know it. We give them money, then we blow them up. It's our foreign policy. Our sixth spot goes to Egypt with $1.3 billion in economic and security assistance. Boy, oh boy. Wouldn't that be something if they took our $1.3 billion and we built some nice building, you know, so that they could pretend to be living inside and whatnot. And then we just blew it up last week. Wouldn't that be funny, Squirrel? Don't worry. Drinks are on the house. We'll give you more money next week. As a strategic partner... Breaking into the top half, Ethiopia claims the fifth position with $1.4 billion in emergency food assistance. Yeah, Ethiopia, we're still giving them food. We've been giving them food since the 70s, since Jimmy Carter thought we'd be out of oil. By the way, he's still alive! Moving on to number four, Syria receives $1.5 billion in humanitarian and emergency assistance. Securing the bronze now, wait position a minute, now wait a minute, Syria, we just had the CNN. Didn't the girl say they were nuking their own people? They were chemicals. She was smelling the shirt. I smell something instead of Syrian BO. They still haven't discovered deodorant. We're giving them money still? Afghanistan with $1.6 billion in humanitarian and emergency assistance. Our silver medal goes... Afghanistan. Wait a minute, isn't that the one we already gave them $85 billion in weapons? Joe Biden gave them a country. Now we're giving them $1.8 billion for walking around money to the Taliban? How many women... We're involved in car accidents in Afghanistan. Oh, they can't drive. Oh, all right. To Israel, receiving $20 billion primarily in military aid. As a regional ally, the U.S. invests in bolstering the defense capabilities of Israel. And now, the country that tops our list at number one is Ukraine, with a substantial $50 billion primarily in military aid. Oh, that was four months ago. $50 billion, that's chump change. The U.S. Senate has approved a $95 billion foreign aid bill. So this right here is a live look at the Capitol. Where that... On top of $128 billion. In fact, this war that wiped out a generation of actual Ukrainian citizens, 400000 minimum. The politicians made a fortune. I mean, the money has never flowed in. They're even paying their pensions. Their firemen, they got pensions better than our firemen, which is hard to do. They got it. And not a one of them has a chance of seeing war. Not a one of these scum, pansies, butter-handed sallies that never got in a fist fight and are going to guarantee the deaths of hundreds of thousands in the future unless people pull their head out of their ass and stop voting for these war profiteers. 312-642-5600.
He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. At least Didi Amin was a man. Zelensky's just a crook, a butter-handed crook. And we know he's been stealing. That will not detour the American low-life Democrat rat politician and a good percentage of the Republicans. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. Oh, they were just getting started, Squirrel. You know what that's called at Gibson's? An appetizer. That's an appetizer to what they're stealing now. What about that Ukrainian wife, that trample, who finally gets to go to Paris? The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. Anastasia Kozitska was caught by the authorities in neighboring Hungary. I hope when they busted her, at least she had some fancy expensive lingerie on. Because you show me another Ukrainian wife that's walking around with $30 million in suitcases. I mean, that's... Maybe Dick Durbin's, but she's going to just spend it on food. And she's not going to waste the money either. She's going to go to one of those places you eat out of a trough. That's the way the Durbin's like it. Nice and troughy. Whip. Let me join uh, the comments of uh, the Democratic, uh, independent Democratic senator. From- you think Dick Durbin's ever been in a fistfight in his life? Ever! You think Dick Durbin could do a push-up? No, but I think he's got a nephew and a cousin and a wife. All lobbyists. That's a coincidence, Squirrel. They were going to go into, into McDonald's. They were going to work at the drive-thru. They said, why do that when we could steal tens of millions? Maine, uh, in the kind words for his colleague, uh, because what she said in a brief period of time was so important at this moment in the debate. I- God, you even make war boring, fetzo. All right. See, when you say that, his wife turns around. See what I did there, Squirrel? George in Naperville. Sean, you're wrong about Romney. He did get in a fist fight. It was with his dog who was PO'd that he had a right in a cage on Papa Mitt's right. SUV. You know, I used to like to fight the handsome guys. They were always worried I was going to rip their earring off. That's who Mitt Romney is. Uh, wait, I got somebody from the Merc. Who's my friend from the Merc? Yeah, this is the person who told you you should have been a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I don't know. What pit were we in together? We were in the S&P. All right. Would you and tell the people how I used to sweat and yell and start fights? Would you tell oh, them? You were a huge shooter. <laughs> 20 watts minimum. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were Mr. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how close I stood next to you. Well, would you do me a favor and come by the cigar house I'm in this week? Will you do me a favor? Where's the I don't need It's been so long. I, I retired 11 years ago. Where's the cigar house? Elmer Cigar House. You stop in. Coffee on me. Oh, First cigar is down. free. I charge you double for the second one, just like the Merc. You all right? I'll tell you this. All right. You know who it is? No. Who's the only guy you know with red hair? Is this Lipnick? This is. Andy Lipnick, you handsome son of a gun. Squirrel, this is, this is a good you? guy. This is a good guy. Are, and you know what? He's a professional you, golfer. I'm good. I miss you, though. you got to stop by the cigar store. And he's a professional golfer. We used to have the time of our life. And one of my guys from the neighborhood was in the joint for, what, about seven years? He came out without practicing and beat him. What did he take you for that day? What were you talking about? Um, talking about Big Angelo. He's dead now, by the way. 
I was going to ask you that. Well, I got the money back two two times. Oh, yeah, but I just enjoyed a guy from the neighborhood. He was in a cell, Lipnick. How do you lose to a guy who is in a cell? Come on, you're <laughs> chipping and putting. All right, I what, can't wait to what, see you. What can I tell you? But I got it back. I got right, it back, good. and I got him to pay me. Well, I'm, I miss you. You made my day. Thank you, brother. I miss you. Take care. Okay. That was the best girl. Best guy in the world. Everybody, even guys, I mean, really, you'd argue, you'd be fighting. But you know what we did? We made our money. We risked our money. We made money. Some days we lost money. You know what none of us would ever do? Not a one of us. We'd never sell out our country for money. Would we? Would we dimwit in diapers? Desperately need food, water, and shelter. You've been playing that game since the Clintons pretended to be married. Huh? Jerky. John in Palatine. Hey, Sean. Hey, why can't uh, the Senate be working on a bill to get uh, uh, Ukraine to uh, be put on a payment plan? Or what, when are we going to get our money back? When are we going to pay Let me us tell back? you something. If Ukraine wanted a payment plan, we'd have to charge them 35% interest. You know why? Their credit sucks. Their entire country GDP is less than what the Merck used to produce in a month. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show, on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what it is, too, Squirrel? I just read this story about the, the, uh, the former cohort who flipped on Hunter Biden and bragged about how since the 90s they've been pulling this game. They've been stealing the people's money. They've been running from place to place on private planes and blow... His name is Robinson, known as Rob Walker. Fascinating story. And they get in an argument because like a drug addict scum that he is, he borrows 50000 ironically, for, for whores and blow. I wish I was kidding you. It's the truth. So this is a game that they've been playing. Now, now you watch these crooks wave a flag and tell us what patriotism is. These, these morons who have never been in a fistfight, as you have 400,000 Ukrainians dead. And what is the definition of losing? Well, you wiped out 400,000. You can't go one day without welfare. The country doesn't exist anymore. It's a memory. It's a pass-through. And now all they're doing is licking their chops. Because in the rebuild, what will it really be? Another liaison of corruption for the American crooked Democrats. Economy. The Chicago native will be tasked with coordinating public and private investments in Ukraine and working to open markets and businesses shut down by the Russian invasion. Now, it's almost like they knew this was going to happen, isn't it, Squirrel? Because never forget what the devil's very own cousin said about Ukraine. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. He had a lot more... Patience. Looks like a real good play, wasn't it? To open up that foundation, you know, before the Soviet Union collapsed when they got word of it. Then it was there. It became a liaison. What did the foundation do? Oh, it gave loans. And who guaranteed the loans so the foundation never lost a dollar? Oh, American taxpayers did. You see, that's our scheme. And now I'm going to be lectured to by a crook with two aliases about what patriotism is. In Alabama, where the javelin missiles are built. In Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas, where artillery shells are made. And the way it works is we supply Ukraine with military equipment from our stockpiles. 
I think he said equipment squirrel, but I couldn't understand him because the dementia is eating his brain like Pritzker eats a pizza, and he just gets out what he can. And then we spend our money replenishing those stockpiles so our military has access to them. So then why do we have to go through Ukrainian banking? Why do we have to go through the whole exercise? Why don't we just do it right here? Or do you do it that way? I mean, exactly how does it work? Well, before you ask too many questions, let's make you hate. They need help. Finally, this bill includes critical funding for our national security priorities in Asia. Because even as we focus on the conflicts in Gaza and Ukraine, we must not take our eye off our national security challenges in the Pacific. Oh, we got money there, too. What what about all the money we give away? And why are we still giving money away to countries you're bombing? Shouldn't somebody ask that question? No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. Well, you bow down to a Chinese one, right? A Chinese communist one. And that's why we know that you have $24 million sitting in an account that was given to you by Chinese communists as bribes, right? We know that. Or otherwise, what was the service you did? Now let's get lectured to by another crook. But um, what I say is, I mean, I, I wish him well. He's the Speaker of the House. I wish him well. I wish we can find a path. I offered help any way I could. But um, I think the Republicans wanted Trump as their speaker. And Did you offer to help him count votes? That. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, uh, the thing about it is, I'll just use this word that is really lacking on the Republican side, both in the Congress and with what's his name used to be president. Respect. 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 Aside from what you've done to San Francisco and California while making hundreds of millions through insider trading in what do you mean respect? So I think that, again, age is an objective fact. As I say, it's all relative. He's younger than I am. So what do I have to say about his age? But he is, uh, again, uh, knowledgeable, wise. And after the football game yesterday, which I was sad, we, I'm proud of the San Francisco. 49ers, I didn't want to bring it up with you, but, but you since you brought it up. Yeah, but I mean, the I brought it up is because at the end of the game, you saw experience prevail. We have a new, fresh team. Wait till next year. We're getting all ready for it. But you saw experience prevail at the end. Experience is so important. So Joe Biden has vision. He has knowledge. He has a strategic thinker. This is a very sharp president. In terms of his public presentation, if he makes a slip of the tongue here or there, what's the deal? He is. You, he is. He has. You see has a different. Ready- What's the deal? Well, right on cue, it took about seven hours after this. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. God protect our speaker. That's a new one, huh? Oh, why? Because he stands between you and the Democrats making billions of dollars in kickbacks. If he greenlights this bill, don't worry. There's a lot of money in corruption. I'm sure you're going to cut some Republicans. And probably that's exactly what's going on right now. Jim and Lyle. Sean, are you softening on the speaker a little bit? No. Kidding me? I'm oh, expecting okay. to get I'm expecting to get stabbed in the back. This is like okay, going to, it's to like make... going to a gypsy card game. You're expecting to get cheated. You just hope you don't wake up in a forest preserve with your underwear in your mouth. Go ahead. I thought so, but that isn't even why I call, but I, I just yeah. wanted to make sure. But you know, of all the people that are driving me nuts that are worthless human beings, is there a bigger piece of crap than William Brennan, the former CIA director, 
Oh, I love that. He, and admitted, admittedly supported the communist that I play. You know how I have that communist clip? I forgot that communist yeah. red bass. He, uh, he, he, wor- he worked with him. He supported him. He was an advocate for an American communist. He goes on to be the head of the CIA. That's something, huh? And, and while he was head of the CIA, it came out today. Not sure if you heard. Huh. His little fusion cell initiative was a way for him to have the CIA spy, have foreign intelligence agencies spy on Trump's campaign in 2016. I've got the Cash Patel okay. book. Have you read it? I, I'm, I, you know what, Honey Bunny, I keep trying to tell, I for, keep forgetting. I want to get Cash Patel on. He's got a book out. I'm in the middle of it. It's absolutely fascinating. You know, he oh, worked for amazing. the CIA, and he worked underneath these guys. And, you know, the biggest scandal in, in, in American uh, presidential campaign history is this, and nobody talks about it. And do you know why? Nobody talks about nobody, it. Because, nobody. Because, listen, these Democrats scum, they know it's a fracking game, man. They love it. They want in on it. You know, and Honey Bunny got the clip about this uh, idiot, uh, Laurie Lightfoot in, in drag, Brandon Johnson. And uh, 17 million. Now, here's a guy. No one's going to ask questions about the 10th. What did he burn? 14 million, 21 million. Nobody knows. Are we still paying those half ass wise guys the 91000 a month? Nobody cares. So when they, they do oh this. The $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we- and he's right because you know what the the other people who are not the, one of those eighteen or the or the hundreds that may get jobs they wish they were. They're not offended by this. Nobody's going to ask a question. Not one investigative reporter out of those companies you you spread this seventeen million dollars around. How many were in existence twelve months ago? What what do you think the under over is on that? Fifty percent? I think it's less. Go ahead. Sure. If you get if you get cash on your show, will you please ask him one question for me? All right. Why is Nellie Orr still walking around free as a bird? Because nobody wants her in small rooms. Do you ever take a look at her in the face? That son of a gun. She'll make the sun go dark. Do you ever see her? She could scare a Pritzker off a pizza. She is a fracking dog. Oh my God. She that, that that's the kind of woman that inspired the light the dimmer switch. Can it get darker in here? Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, did you do it? You're just yelling the evil Google machine. Fusion GPS Nellie Orr, and take a look at that kisser. When dogs see her, they go up to her and they smell her face. Oh, another communist, American communist. She walked scot-free. She's married to another guy. I forgot his name, but he's an unlucky chap. I'll tell you that. He'd be better off if he was in a forest preserve right now, Parallel Park. Eric and Marengo. Hey, Sean, I was going to say, how about the next $100 million we get the deed to the land? For the start <laughs> yeah, we should buy it. Now, there you go. We solve all the problems. And you know what? We could send all the Democrats there. Penny Pritzker is going to steal. It's going to be beautiful. Send all the Democrats there. Because don't we order Puerto Rico, too? And then the CPC students will be able to pass. Hey, Eric, do you want to know what's funny about Puerto Rico? Phenomenal scam. Do you you know about Puerto Rico? Uh, Louis Gutierrez. Louis Gutierrez used to be my congressman in Chicago when I lived in Elmwood Park. All right. This guy never paid his own taxes. A a downright Chicago Democrat communist. Gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar, goes to Puerto Rico, 
and buys a $3 million mansion on the ocean. You know who his neighbor is? Hank Paulson, the Republican who worked with uh, George W. Bush. You know why they all have houses there? So they never pay taxes. If you no, live there, you don't pay any taxes. Go. No taxes. Yeah, but every hurricane, we pay for it. Right? Oh, please. It's, 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 the hurricanes aren't bad. I was on my deck like Captain, like Lieutenant Dan. No big deal. Except when your car is bobbing yeah, like an apple. Really, that's the only yeah, downside. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's all hype. Don't worry. Hurricanes are fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Scott, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean. First-time caller. Uh, long-time listener. Oh, thank you, uh, Yeah, I'm part of that millennial generation, unfortunately. And uh, it's hard on the streets working and... Uh, you know, providing for a family, but just wanted some tips on uh, raising a daughter. We got a toddler at home, and uh, what I should be doing for her. Scott, listen, I got money in it, but it, it, it's tough going out there. They should rename that generation you're in to the ninja generation. No jobs, no income, no assets, and that's the problem. Unless you you play the game the old way, like your grandfather did, and smart. You're in Wisconsin, so you're way ahead of people stuck in Illinois. But be very specific. Don't take any debt you can't afford, brother. And take that little girl and homeschool her if you can. You're better off than anything. And I sent mine to a private school. I thought I was doing the right thing. It was a Chicago-infiltrated pretend Catholic school. They were okay. My kids are older, though. But now, I wouldn't take the chance. I would homeschool that kid. And when it comes to 401ks, man, I mean, call call, uh, call, uh, 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 14 up. But set yourself up smart. Don't overextend yourself. And the game doesn't make sense to me anymore. I'll tell you what. Fundamental economics are out the window. You got stocks that are rallying, they're trading 30x, 30 times earnings and all the rest of it, and you funge out the assets. I think this market should be a third of what it is, maybe half. So I'm not the guy to give you bullish advice here because I don't I don't like scams. I don't like things that are perpetrated on the government spending money so we can pretend our economy grows. It's not gonna grow. So I'll tell you another thing, Scott. Don't let anybody tell you they're gonna cut the rate three times. Never gonna happen. I've been saying it for a while. They, they, they have themselves in a corner, and they don't know how to get out of it other than war. And that's what you see, all this money to Ukraine. And they want to start a war so they can continue to, to really print the money. They, they have to expand it. That's their plan. So it's going to be rough, brother. Pay off your assets, because if you don't owe debt on a house, you're a rich man. Think small. Aim small, miss small. All right. I appreciate all the advice and uh, the history lessons daily. It's, it's good for people my age to be listening. I, I hope more of them do. And uh, maybe you should think about getting uh, some kids' clothes out there so we can promote from the young age listening to your program. Scott, uh, you, you know what? You got a blessing. You got a blessing, kid. Just don't let anybody tell you you don't. You have all the answers to everything. You got to look for them. But they're in your hand now. When I was a kid, we had to go to the library, or as it's known in Melrose Park, the library. You had to look up the index cards you had to read. Now, everything's at the fingertips. And you could listen to Audible when you're in the car. You could listen to every book ever written. That's the beauty of life. And teach your daughter that. Teach her to love it early. Because it's hard when they're old. Then they think, you're, oh, Dad, shut up. You don't want to hear any of that. But just teach them when they're young. And introduce her to philosophy. Introduce her to Aristotle. And, and then slow walk her through. John Locke all the way to Ayn Rand. And just keep going. I, got, I have a guy coming on. Thomas DiLorenzo. He's coming on at the, in the next hour. Read everything this guy wrote. He starts as an economist. He's a true historian. You are going to love. Oh, it's 6 o'clock hour with Thomas DiLorenzo? You're going to love. Remember that name, Thomas DiLorenzo. He's a fascinating man, older guy, but genius. Introduce your daughter to these people. They'll save the future. Thank you, brother. All right, we go along. I can't even take the rest of the calls. All right, I'll be back shortly. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. 
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Trust fund babies are ruining the country. There's no question about it. Pseudo-intellectual frauds who are going to implement the ideology of not just Karl Marx, but the ideology of Klansmen that they could only hope would have remained in this society. The idea that Evanston is implementing segregation, it's insane. But then again, you realize the kind of society Evanston is. Trust fund babies, self-loathing, Marxists who pretend to be smarter than everyone else, never working a day in their lives. It does explain their circumstance where, and it also explains the acceptance of such ideologies like communism and Marxism and socialism that are responsible for 280 million deaths in the world. Yet it's the utopia you just got to hang on for. My next guest understands this oh too well because he went to China, saw it firsthand, probably changed the course of his life, either that or he started out with very good parents. He is a legal fellow working primarily on equality and opportunity issues and property rights on the land on the Pacific Legal Foundation's constitutional scholarship team. He is Ethan Blevins. Ethan, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Sean. So I like I like um, Pacific Legal Foundation because they primarily do the lifting and understand that law is the shield of the uh, honest American citizen and the principle of the Enlightenment, often weaponized against those very people. So you're putting up the shield to kind of save the idea that we are not a society that is supposed to be segregated by government, are we? Right. I mean, it's the Constitution that is colorblind and doesn't recognize any classes among its citizens. And that's the principle we need to protect if we're going to have a harmonious society. Now, Ethan, I had the blessing of being born in the mid to late 60s. And it was truly a blessing because at that time, the country had a different ideology when it came to such things as prosper, prosperity and, and a good life. And your parents, and you know, and my, at the time my parents and grandparents, enjoyed that I would be mixing and knowing and being surrounded by other cultures. We also didn't have a lot of money. And poor people tend to gravitate towards each other when they're in different settings. So when I went to high school, I went to a high school, although it was Catholic, I, I went on an ironically a, a scholarship for athletics, which I don't participate in. But um, the point is, when I went, it, it was a school that had the largest amount of black Americans at the time in the 80s. It was called St. Joseph High School. And we had some prominent athletes come out of it. But my friends in that system for a very important four years of your life were not Caucasian. The vast majority of my friends were black guys from the city of Chicago who I loved. And it was through those experiences that it navigates you and turns your life into the meaning that you have for it. Why do you think that the people of Evanston are trying to prevent their kids from associating with black kids? Well, it's this idea that actually is rooted really in uh, the old segregationist South that Races are so fundamentally different that we need to separate them because they can't learn 
among each other, either because there's too much friction or uh, the, they think too differently. It's this old segregationist idea that's risen again um, in the form of anti-racism. And the reality is, if, if once people understand there is no difference other than perceived differences, once kids understand that their parents are wrong and they start to think for themselves or have affection for other people who may be of another race, once that happens and it's not a forced behavior, maybe they'll throw away the, nego- the, 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 the new American principle of government supremacy. And do you think it's just the balkanization that all kinds of government supremacy is built upon? Is that why they're trying to implement it in high schools and grade schools in Evanston? Well, I, I will say sort of as a more sort of political science point, societies across history, it, we've seen elites in elite positions manipulating people through balkanizing um, groups based on race, based on ethnicity. It's a very common an unfortunate theme. I think that's somewhat of what's going on here. And I just think this is a, a, such an insult, a spit in the face of people like Little Rock Nine, who um, were, were some of the bravest people of their era who walked into those schools, uh, the first black kids in white-only schools. And now all of a sudden we're saying maybe integration isn't a social good anymore. We've returned to those ideas that we fought so hard to come from. I mean, you have race-baiting pimps on the black community. We all understand what who they are, Al Sharpton and the rest of it. But among the general public in Evanston, who happens to not be Caucasian, what is their feeling on this? Are they supportive of reintroducing segregation? I'm curious. From what I've seen and people I've spoken with, um, the average person does not care about this or is opposed to it. Um, these these schools like to quote kids who are involved in these programs and how, about how great they feel and how supportive they feel. But guess what? You know, I'm a parent of kids. Kids don't know what they need. Um, they it, it's they look to us to teach them. And we're teaching them that they are part of a society that hates them, that they need to be separated in order to be safe. Um, we're just perpetuating the very ideas that we claim um, these kids uh, are ascribing to. We're teaching them these principles. Well, and that, that and we should be teaching them to belong. Uh, first of all, I agree with it. everything you said, except for the word we, because I guarantee you, you are not teaching your daughter or your son. You're not teaching your kids this. This is the problem. When um, people are raised to hate their own and others and hate the idea of learning from success and failure in history, this is when they're taught to 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 be that supremacist. And that's the only kind of person that would support this, whether they're white or black or brown or yellow or green. It doesn't matter. This is really something that I can't as somebody in my era watching this in the year 2024, I can't really believe that this is a serious movement, that this is taken by serious people. To me, this is what happens when you let stupid people talk. Well, I do think it's a problem um, that's arising among a minority, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a minority of individuals. Most people want to live in an integrated society. Most people get along with people of other races just fine. Um, and, I think, unfortunately, these trends teach us to divide rather than uh, fix the divisions. Is there a teacher, do you think, at Evanston School that is playing notable Klansmen? I mean, not like Robert Byrd, who was a senator for 
decades, but I mean actual Klansmen preaching segregation and all of the tumult that happened in Alabama and all of the nonsense throughout American history. Do you think that they play the Klansmen who are chanting for the exact policies that Evanston High School is implementing voluntarily? Well, I think what happens is it's really the same theory, but it's they're coming at it from the other side, which is that it's all about dominant race theory. What what race is dominant? What one which one needs to be put in its place, and which one is currently in power? Um, and so, really, it's just it's just the same ideas as the Klan from a different the perspective of a different racial group. It does explain why uh, both Barack Obama and Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd. That always confused me. But uh, tell me a little bit about what you recognize from your. Did you? How long did you live in China? Um, I was there for a year, and then I moved back for an internship during my undergrad. So it's fascinating. I've had the the the. I don't know if you'd call it a benefit, but I I, I have traveled to a communist country, and it's fascinating when you're there, and all you think about is everyone should come here. No one would promote communism. That's how I felt about it. And I'm wondering, did you feel the same way? And do you think that is really what American communists need to do, is visit some of these utopias that they pretend is an alternative to the ideas of liberty and, and freedom? Well, it's funny. While I lived there, I had a friend who once said to me, I was never a patriot until I moved to China. Um, and that's that's largely uh, how I feel. It was very eye-opening. I mean, I love the Chinese people, and I love China. Um, but... It shows you the um, desert of humanity uh, that uh, communism communism has brought to that country, and of course, it's only capitalism that has gotten them uh, to sort of rise from that grave that they dug for themselves, um, which unfortunately they're now uh, starting to dial back on. You know, I, I I love the idea that we can reflect on history, and I like to go through as much of it as I can. The downside of being born in the era I was born is I'm not as quick on the Internet as I should be or with technology. However, one thing that always fascinated me was the ideology of the Soviet Union. And what, when I say that, I mean when you look at the Constitution of the Soviet Union and you listen to the American Democrat, they're indistinguishable. It's the exact same platform on every sense of the word. And I'm wondering, Mao Zedong, had a different twist on it. Was he a Stalinist, a Trotskyite, a Leninist? Where do you think Mao came in? Or did he invent his own? Because it's still standing, and I'm wondering how that could be. It's obviously not through success, so he must have disappeared tens of millions of people. Uh, I'm wondering, how was he able to build a philosophy that mimics freedom from the outside and the difference on what it's like from the inside? Where is the fear factor? Where are the citizens afraid to cross the line? Do they speak against their government? Do they question any of the government rules? How does it work? Well, there, uh, there is a uh, movement among the Chinese people uh, to speak out. Uh, the Chinese government has been, I don't know how exactly, incredibly effective at controlling uh, speech despite the rise of the Internet in China. Um, I think they just have uh, huge staff uh, monitoring email algorithms that control these things. Um, but uh, people, unfortunately, just don't get access to the information they need to actually find out what's going on. So you mean it's like here, only we have a little bit of history where we can speak against our government. And what was it like when you would tell them that you, as an American, 
could sue your government on behalf of the rights of freedom and liberty of the people. And that's primarily how you live your life. What were they? Were they shocked? Were they in awe? Did they not believe you? Well, I think that there is some recognition there that uh, a lot of the people I spoke with that um, they're missing something, but they don't understand exactly what that is. Um, I worked at a a criminal justice NGO that tried to prevent uh, torture in police negotiation, uh, police um, interrogation, which is just endemic, just the way they do things over there. Um, And so there was some understanding among the general populace that this was a bad practice, but they don't have anybody to teach them a better way. Well, that's, yeah, that's the beauty of having you go there. Maybe you inspired somebody young, and that's the way it works. And I know that you're inspiring your own kids to be young. What do you think the under-over is on the fact that Pacific Legal Foundation is successful? I'm assuming you're you're going after Evanston through the courts. Um, what do you think it'll be successful? Or do you think in a Democrat-run area that has Democrat judges uh, sitting in very important positions that Evanston will be allowed to implement the Klan policy? Well, uh, one of the difficulties with challenging these policies is at least they pretend to be voluntary, right? You don't have to participate in our segregation of policies. You can do your own thing. Um, and and school districts are very cagey. For example, in the Wall Street Journal studied what's going on in Evanston, and um, they went to a school board meeting where um, – a school official said, we're shutting down the meeting if the reporter doesn't leave. Um, There's a lot of of obligation. Um, It's hard to get a record of what's actually happening. Um, And that's what we really need. We need parents who are um, diligently trying to find out what's actually going on. We need information requests. We need to to kind of break this black box so that we can know what's going, going on and establish a record at of evidence showing this kind of practice. You know, I came to my conclusion after I could have taken my own advice. And what that conclusion was, it was years, a few years ago, I was invited to uh, judge a homeschool contest. And I didn't realize when I got there that they were kids as young as nine years old. And the, and the class was from nine to uh, 14. And they were going to argue the electoral college principle and to watch these kids who were homeschooled. And they were unaware of, they were, you could see they were never belittled or teased, and they were never intimidated by other kids in other grades. And they were only nurtured and taught by people that loved them. I came to the conclusion that in this country, we have been doing education exactly wrong, and that you should never turn your kid over into a society that could have the kind of oligarchs that uh, change the course of history like we're seeing in Evanston. And I'm wondering, do you ever come to that conclusion where you think the American school system is exactly wrong? And before we turn our kids over to this Marxist-heavy public school system, we should maybe teach them the principles of liberty, life, and Americanism before we tell them to trust a stranger. Well, I'll say I've I've done all three, you know, a huge variety of options with my kids. We've done some homeschooling, we've done public schooling, we've done charter school, and um, or <laughs> trying something new. Um, I at the table every night I read the headlines to my kids and talk to them about it because I'm not at all confident that at school they are learning to see the world um, in an objective way. 
Um, but I think it, it has to start in the home, whether you're homeschooling your kids or you're just, uh, you know, making sure you sit down with them at the dinner table. Nothing can replace that uh, family um, involvement in a kid's life. Pacific Legal Foundation exists because people um, support it. Where can the people go to support Pacific Legal Foundation in your work? PacificLegal.org. You can learn all about all our cases, all our legislative efforts there. Uh, please support us. Ethan Blevins, thank you for making time. I hope I didn't take up too much of your dinner time. Go enjoy your kids. Thanks, John. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. CDC just announced, you know, that five-day nonsense with covid they made that up, too. More bulldog. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. History is watching. And history will vindicate all of us who know you're a thieving, traitorous crook and always have been. Not only that, I think you soiled your shorts again. Steve Wilkins Hyundai. Hyundai. Whatever. How you doing? Hey, hey, Hyundai, Hyundai like Sunday. Hyundai like Sunday. I should know that because I drove one. Just made my first payment, 0% financing. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm still waiting for your brother-in-law. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, so my daughter, my talk about the homeschooling. My daughter's going to do homeschool. I believe she's going to use the Prager U. But I've stumbled on some something interesting uh, a few weeks back. I'm having some work done at my house, and I'm having it done by the Mennonites. And so in-depth conversation with them, they, um, they do school for their, their, their kids, of course, you know, they're a closed community. So they school their, their, their kids, anybody in their community from zero kindergarten to eighth grade. And they have the equivalent education of high school or better at the eighth grade level. And the gentleman I'm dealing with is, I'm not going to say he's brilliant, but he's a sharp guy. They watch no TV. However, they are up to date on things that are going on in the world. They're now, not what's the? How come you didn't go with the Amish? What's the difference? Well, he is. They, they, well, the, so they're men. They're, they're Amish, but they're Mennonite Amish. Oh, right. so they're they're a, a, a different a different sect of, of the Amish. And I've got to tell you, I'm I'm, I'm really impressed. They're good people. Oh, the best um, craftsmen. Are you nuts? Yeah, phenomenal. Fine craftsmen. Yeah, but they're also so they're actually doing some remodeling at the house. So they do. They do everything, and um, and they give a lot back to the community. And um, I just I, I I never knew it. I had a lot of questions for them, and um, um, it was pretty interesting on, on how how sharp they really are. You know, one one really? gentleman doing miles, he's an architect, and he's never been to never been to college. The guy's incredible. Huh? Tell him, uh, ask him if you ever heard what a, an Amish woman's fantasy is. Two Mennonites. <laughs> Thank you very much. See, see if you get the Mennonite laughing. Hey. All right. Don't don't make them mad. You'll end up with one of those hats on on the top of a pole. Listen, listen. yeah. From what on, so I'm actually dealing with the with the cabinet maker and a table maker, two separate two separate companies. And um, so when I was with the with the gentleman that makes the tables, he kind of pointed out to me that you know the the Amish they wear suspenders to hold their pants up. So when I called the uh, the, the cabinet builder for the house, I said. He answered the phone. Hi, my name is Brian. I go, Brian, how do I really know this is you? He said, well, I go, listen, I'm going to give you a quiz. 
do you, do you hold up your pants with a belt or with suspenders? Now, don't take your time. Don't yeah. be in a hurry to rush to answer that question. And he answered it correctly. So really wins the prize. Ask them, you know, because they're they're obviously engineers and craftsmen. Ask any of them if they can figure out how in the world Pritzker keeps his pants up. Because I don't see any suspenders on that ball. How does a ball wear pants? It's very confusing to me. Thank you very much, Stephen Wilkins. Sean, 56 by 16. You can't buy that off the rack. Those are custom. He needs that trust fund. Thank you, Steve. See you. Ah, uh, if you can't make fun of the fat trust fund baby, who can you make fun of? How about his sister? Pritzker is the sister of Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Their great-grandparents are Ukrainian immigrants. Oh, no, but, but that, that, that. so what? They were good. They were good at dealing with the Chicago Democrat mafia. Back then, they were of both Irish and Italian descent. But they have a very interesting way. Did anybody ever find out, how did old man Abe finance all that real estate deals did he go to a bank how did he finance it all megan what will likely generate more of the questions the heat her management or her finances uh, Betty, that's hard to say. Both are going to be huge. You've got this new IG report out on her banking past. You've got new financial disclosures that, as you mentioned, we got just last night. So let's start with the income piece of this. Um, forms released just last night showing that she underestimated her income by $80 million. Now that's- <laughs> I love that part. I can't get enough of that part. $80 million. I forgot about it. All right. I mean, you know what, Squirrel, the other day, I forgot I had a, I had a fin in my jacket. I went to a, a Starbucks and they gave me change. It was a fin. I forgot it in my pocket. But $80 million? That's a tough one. But um, what I say is, I mean, I, I wish him well. He's the Speaker of the House. I wish him well. I wish we can find a path. I offered help any way I could. But um, I think the Republicans wanted Trump as their Speaker. And Did you offer to help? Wanted Trump as their Speaker. No, no, no. The, the people of this country wanted the last election where we voted for Trump and he won. We just wanted that honor. But then again, you guys would have missed out on all this stealing because it's very few Democrat morons that realize Joe Biden has spent $12 trillion. Now, some of it was tax money, but the vast majority is future debt. You're going to make a fortune on that corruption, though, aren't you, dummy? And now you're going to give lectures on other people by accusing them of being corrupt? Where's your husband, Stinky Hammers? Do you have confidence in the Supreme Court? I mean, should... Clarence Thomas have recused himself given his wife's activities? Absolutely. Well, he should have for a long time. But the rules of the Senate, the protocols of the Senate are such that they really are not living up to a high ethical standard. This inside trading whore, whore, this inside trading whore that we know at least 200 million. She has a better stock portfolio performance than any hedge fund in the world, any trader in his story, and this dirty inside trading whore is going to lecture people on on principles. You fracking. And uh, he should have been recusing himself. But they say the rule is that it's up to the person to recuse themselves. They Did have- you know, Squirrel? There's a app that just follows this whore's trading, and it has a higher production, higher percentage return than the S and P 500. No peer pressure or anything uh, to to address that. But his wife is so involved in everything that was happening on January. Like your husband, who likes to open the door with his pants off and a drink in his hand, and some homeless guy prancing around 
with a hammer in his hand? It doesn't. Uh, no. Yeah. Why does the hammer stink, squirrel? Why? Think about it. Uh, Dan Willis, Texas. Hey, Sean. I appreciate you taking my call. I apologize about last time. I was a little bit starstruck when I talked to you. Oh, don't worry. Look, I got two things. Go ahead. I got two things to say about Biden. All right. One thing about Trump. He was a president and commander in chief. Biden, he is just a co-founder of chief. Him and Obama, of course. Well. He is the demander of deceit. Yeah. There's a book called I Hear You Paint Houses. The book is written by a very notable, very well-known, started out as a, as, as a button man, worked his way up to a Teamster president. Take a look at it, and you will see that since 1972, Joe Biden has been a step and fetch to the labor extortion mafia. Joe Biden is today what he always has been, a front of political corruption in this country. And all he's managed to do is perfect it through foreign policy. And he's the only sitting president in this country's history that has taken money directly and indirectly from the Chinese Communist Party. $24 million is in the Biden checking account. Either it's passed through his dimwit, short-in-the-pants brother or his dimwit, moron, crack-smoking sister-in-law, banging son. That's exactly how they did it. They perfected it. And you know what he is among other Democrats? He is their idol. Because they're mad that they're not in on it. That's how you know they're Democrats, Dan. And you know this. You've been around a long time. By somebody telling you they're a Democrat, they're admitting that they're either a mafia member or they want to be. Thank you very much for the call. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. You know what else is fascinating? How not just the open and notorious corruption of the syndicate, how it's just out of the closet, but how totally incompetent this boob, this walking fracking moron is. In the 80s, you don't understand, Squirrel, because you weren't alive. In the 80s, he was a joke, a punchline. I mean, he was not just on Johnny Carson when late night TV was good, but everybody knew what Joe Biden was. And it was more of a reflection of the corruption and stupidity of the people of Delaware, like Chicago. Like when they elect this moron uh, 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 Durbin, little Dick Durbin, with the wife who's a lobbyist, the kids. who I mean, you know what they are. They're like dailies, only I think Durbin can read, but I'm not sure. Let me start by welcoming His Majesty, the King of Jordan. The King of Jordan, His Majesty. Aren't you a welfare recipient? I mean, the way you feed your people is our foreign policy. King my ass. But I slapped that stupid look off his face. Not to mention, did you see his wife? Oh. Looks like he met her at the crazy horse. He's been a good friend. Abdul, welcome back to the White House, man. Welcome back. And by the way, Barack's looking at you in the corner over there. Barack's not looking at you. He's looking at his wife. He's thinking to myself, now that's pretty. That's a woman. She doesn't have a back like Franco Colombo either. For God's sake, it's dumb. It's shameful. It's dangerous. It's un-American. And there you are, pretending to be president. Stupid son of a dog. Chuck and Dullivan. Sean, I want to say something to you, and don't go running wild all over me or nothing, but I got to tell you something, dude. You know, when you hear people from all over the country listening to you, and they call in and make commentary on your show, and the thing is, is that um, 
you don't know how many people are actually listening to you that that I mean, they're they're not bold enough to call in or say anything. You don't know how many millions of people are listening to you. Right. And I, I just want to I want I want to commend you on that. Oh, thank you. Because I remember when you used to just call into the show just like me. Yeah, and you true. would insult Dan Prof. <laughs> and <laughs> only know, because he deserved and, it, the elitist. But go ahead. He's better now. Well, no, I'm I'm just, parked I'm, him. I'm, 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 and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your skirt <laughs> no, or nothing, but it just, it just makes me feel so good when I hear Texas, Colorado, you know, Oregon, uh, yeah. Washington, California. Okay. And I'm like, you, you actually, and the, I don't know, I'm sure your Salem guys know it, but you've got a national TV show going on right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Chuck. Do you remember the first time we met? Yes, I do. And we Gibsons, we and sat, you, we sat next. Did we sit next to each other? I think we did, right? I think we did. And you insulted me, and you said I had food in my beard. Well, I wasn't insulting. There's a description, just in case you were pickpocketing me. I wanted to be able to tell the detective what you look like. You look suspicious to me, but I didn't know you were a Santa Claus on the part time. In the meantime, you're still somebody who people are writing down how you look. Thank you very much, Chuck and Dullivan. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Elliot. In the suburbs, parts unknown. Elliot, love that name. Oh, you like it? That's Toily Neoc backwards. Oh, I, <laughs> I like that. Come on, phone home. I love it. I remember it. Hey, anyways, let me tell you something. I'm listening to Chris Cuomo. Oh, he, he's a nice kid, good looking, decent looking guy, you know. And uh, he says on Friday night, he says uh, that the Israelis should take everybody from Gaza and allow them to come to Israel. Like my mother would say, is this guy for real? Don't you remember him during COVID? First of all, his brother's a morph morph of that anyway. But number one, he's an HGH guy. He shoots that shit and oh, that stuff into his. Did you <laughs> shoots that stuff into his body and works out and lifts weights? But during COVID, do you remember how he faked his his whole thing? Faked it all. Faked it all. The recovery, the whole thing. He was outside, going out, all uh, pretended to be in in the house. He stayed in. The, I mean, I I I can't tolerate those half-ass gangsters. Really, him and his brother. I'd like to, I'd like to, to to have a nice conversation with him in Leone's, but they will never show up. The HGH you know, only looks nice good guy. on TV. I, like, I enjoy listening to you. Thank you. And you're a good kid. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Elliot got me to swear. I haven't sworn in three years. Elliot got me to swear. Don't bring up Chris Cuomo. Uh Robert in Bloomingdale. Yeah, talking about swearing. Geez, listening to Biden makes you want to swear. I mean, this guy, what nerve, first of all, what's this with this repeating himself and whispering? And how dare he or Nancy Pelosi tell me or you anything about anything Robert, or anyone? You, wait know? a minute, Robert. You know what I love about uh, Joe Biden? He's like every uh, old crook that was dying. They remember how to steal. Uh, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Here he is. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly. Off sometimes several times in a week, or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. I've been speaking to him for 30 years since we worked on the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban when I was a young congressman. <laughs> when you were taking two and a half million from Donald Trump, is that when you were learning how to front run policy and make yourself rich? I mean, that's before your daughters work at Facebook and Google. Is that when you really honed your skills? Because it was shortly after this where he talks about how brilliant the crook in the Oval Office is that he said, listen, here's how we're going to, we got to feather the bed. Now pretend, listen, strap up the diaper, pull up the Zanza belt. You're a man. Just pull it off for another few months. Can you, dummy? 
On this vote, the yeas are 70, the nays are 29. The bill, as amended, passes. Mr. President. Majority Leader. Thank you, Mr. President. Could we please have some order? Today we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to have ever passed the Senate. Now I want you to think about our history. Think about our history. And you're telling me funding the most corrupt country in Europe is the biggest bill you could do? There's another one of Mitt Romney saying the same thing. Because you know the difference between Mitt Romney and Chuck Schumer? About six inches and some real hair. and That's it. They're all the same scum. And they've been robbing us for decades. And in the Senate and in the Congress and now in the White House. That's why they keep him there. Because he is exactly where he should be. He's the perfect political crook. After all, doesn't matter how many times you catch him. Doesn't matter how many fake emails. How many tens of millions in checking accounts that are funneled from his crackhead son to his ugly wife and his ugly sister and the dumb brother. Doesn't matter. The Democrats will vote repeatedly for the dumbest and most obvious crooks because there's a lot of money in corruption. There's a lot of money in corruption, and most people do not even know how much. Countries that receive the most foreign aid from the United States. Starting off our list at number 10 is Somalia, receiving $0.89 billion in emergency food assistance. Moving on to number 9, we have the Democratic Republic of the Congo, receiving $1.0 billion in emergency food assistance. Securing the eighth spot is South Sudan, with $1.1 billion in humanitarian assistance. At number seven, we find Jordan, receiving $1.3 billion in economic and military assistance. But they got a king! What the hell you need my wealth for, money? The king was here with his stripper wife. They were just parading around. It's a giant scam. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I have been a fan... Of my next guest for decades. 1989, there was a book called Unfair Competition, The Profits of Nonprofits. It's when I found out that my next guest was a co-author of that book. It's a fascinating book. He has authored or co-authored a total of 26 books. He's a former professor of economics at Loyola University, Maryland, and longtime member of Mises, and now is the president of Mises Institute. He is Thomas DiLorenzo. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. DiLorenzo. How are you? I'm pleased to be with you, Sean. Thank you. Now, one of the reasons I love having you on is because when I first started to look into you and realize who you were, it was about economics. And you were one of the rare fundamentalists and who understood and articulated the principles of what is referred to as capitalism, but is really propertyism, right? Or property rights. And it's amazing to watch how how you've taken it into the history arena. And you've written extensively about Illinois' very own Abraham Lincoln. Now, what's interesting about that is I never bought the propaganda about Abraham Lincoln, and I'll tell you why. I'm from Chicago. So when you tell me that an Illinois attorney who is the only president in American history to release the military on other Americans is called honest, I say I don't believe you. 
And it was through your writings that you really examined just how crooked Abraham Lincoln was, isn't he? Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I was taught the same things. I, I remember being uh, uh, taught to memorize the Gettysburg Address in elementary school, like second grade. You know, like like most Americans, you know, of that era were. And so, yeah, I was taught all the same things you were about it. But I always thought it was kind of fishy too that you could, uh, you know, historians could criticize every politician under the sun, especially all the presidents, but not this one. And so why not this one? What, you know, what's the deal? And, uh, and I got into it because, you know, my, my field is economics, but uh, I was sort of a Civil War buff, and I read a lot of books about the Civil War, and I was started thinking, well, uh, what, what was Lincoln's economic ideas? Did he have economic ideas? And I found out that, you know, that 25 years before he became president in, in politics, he was all about economic policy. He, was, he, he didn't even mention the word slavery. He, he admitted until 1855 in a political speech. And so, uh, and he was all about economics. And so that's why I, you know, I got into this to try to tell a, a different story about who Abraham Lincoln was. Well, what's fascinating is um, the money that Abraham Lincoln had and the money that he made and how he made it. He was an attorney for the railroad, right? Do I have it right? Yes. He was an attorney. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a general counsel for the Illinois Central at the time, which was one of the biggest corporations in the world at the, at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he. Uh, one of the stories I tell in one of my books is that uh, in 1857, you know, before the Civil War, he uh, he bought some land in Council Bluffs, <laughs> Iowa, of all places. You uh-huh. know, Council Bluffs, Iowa. And then uh, because and because his friend Grenville Dodge, who was a uh, an engineer. And who, who turned out to be the, the chief engineer of the Transcontinental Railroads during the Lincoln administration, he said that would be a good spot someday to start the Transcontinental Railroads. Uh-huh. So when Lincoln became president, uh, they passed the railroad, uh, the Railway Act, and it gave the president the right to decide uh, the eastern terminus of the um, the railroad. And guess what he chose? Let me guess. Plus Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a very, yeah. uh, it's an unusual coincidence. And, you know, when you really look into it, and you look into the history, and I'm in the middle of the problem with Lincoln right now. Fascinating stuff, by the way. Excellent. I love the way you write. It grabs you. I can't wait to, to, to get back into it. It's absolutely fascinating. And the fact that you take on this, this topic is something that I think is a testimony to not just you and the fact you're writing it, but how successful American propaganda can be and has been. Because the more you read about it, the more you learn about the actual man and the policies, the profiteering, and the bastardization of American law, the more you start to think, wait a minute, was this whole thing avoidable, A, and the answer is absolutely. You didn't have to have a million American deaths as you 13 states got rid of slavery without a shot being fired. But more importantly, just how they started to perfect the bastardization of war policy. And and that's what I just keep coming back to. I'm wondering, is that how you view it? And and is that how you you view the scope of new American war policy? Uh, well, yeah, the, the, you know, the whole world at the time that uh, was moving in the direction of everybody understood that targeting civilians was a a war crime uh, punishable in the most severe way, and then you know, namely death. And so uh, the whole world was was going in that direction. There was even a, a convention uh, a few years before the war in, in uh, Geneva. It was not the Geneva Convention that you might read about, you know, modern day. 
more modern days, 20th century, but there was a convention in, in Geneva uh, during that era that, that sort of uh, codified this, that you know, international law, you, know, you don't target civilians. And But Lincoln turned that around because in the very beginning, they, they waged war on uh, southern civilians. And his, his war plan, the original war plan was called the Anaconda Plan. They were to uh, choke to death economically the South by uh, blockading the ports and not allowing medicine in, not allowing food in, you know, anything, just starve them out. And then, of course, they bombed the cities, even when there were no Confederate soldiers in the city. The bombing of Atlanta yeah. uh, took place for four days when there was no army there. It was all old men and women and children, and they, and they, they dropped thousands of bombs on Atlanta. And they did the same thing to Charleston. And so that, that was uh, <laughs> shocking to the whole world when they found out that this is what had happened. What's amazing is how we started the conversation. He's the one president that nobody wants you to criticize or nobody criticizes. And he's the only president that not only did this horrific atrocities to American citizens, but he suspended the very principles of our nation. He imprisoned, what, 34,000 Americans just because they did what you and I are doing right now tonight? They spoke against the policies? Yeah, he, he, uh, he illegally suspended the writ of habeas corpus and had the military mass arrest tens of thousands of northern civilians for merely criticizing him. You know, and, the, you know, treason in the Constitution is defined as uh, levying war upon the states, not, not something called the United States, but the states like Illinois, you know, yeah. waging war against uh, Virginia, Illinois, Massachusetts. That's what treason is. Article 3, Section 3, and that's exactly what, what Lincoln did. But he redefined it himself as criticizing him and his administration. And so they used that to uh, mass arrest tens of thousands of civilians without due process, northern civilians, not spies from the south or anything like that. But there were newspaper editors and owners that were imprisoned. Uh, the grandson of Francis Scott Key, who wrote The Star-Spangled Banner, uh, he was a newspaper editor in Baltimore. He was imprisoned in Fort McHenry near where his grandfather wrote the Star Signal Banner <laughs> because he criticized Lincoln for doing this. I have a, a theory that the reason that um, we're in this propagandized re- new America or reality since the Civil War is because they want to make citizens afraid and intimidated to think about the idea of secession because the reality is we're not united through principles or ideas. We're extorted through fear and intimidation and whether it's a military being unleashed or a bureaucracy like the irs or the the another federal bureaucracy of of the american politburo that's the way they keep a a stranglehold on us because they can't afford for citizens to say wait a minute you guys are so corrupt i don't want to be a part of you anymore and that has worked successfully i wonder do you think that was the intention of propagandizing the only president to unleash the military on citizens yeah, they deified Lincoln, and then that led to the deification of the government in general. There was a there's a historian named Larry Tagg, T-A-G-G. He wrote a book called The Unpopular Mr. Lincoln, and he, he used uh, original sources from the Lincoln's time, newspapers, magazines. What were people in the North saying about Lincoln? And he concludes that he was the most hated and reviled president in all of American history during his lifetime. But it was after his death that he was turned into a martyr. And, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, uh, no, I think it was um, you know, the Secretary of War uh, ordered that no one, uh, they shouldn't touch the corpse. You know, don't, don't doctor it up at the funeral home at all. And they took a 
a corpse on a 1600 mile train ride around the country uh, and, and to make it looking as grotesque as possible to uh, to drum up sympathy and that was the beginning of it and then they uh, you know we had decades of uh, Republican party propaganda basically that deified Lincoln and uh, and pretty much whitewashed the actual history but during his own lifetime Larry Tag makes a very powerful case that he was the most hated of all presidents and you imagine you know, he had military conscription uh, for the first time ever yeah. in the federal, by the federal government. And when there were draft protests in New York City, he sent the army there and they killed hundreds, maybe even thousands of draft protesters in the streets of New York City right after the Battle of Gettysburg. And, uh, and, and on top of that, you know, the mass arresting tens of thousands of northern civilians. And why wouldn't he be unpopular? And the reason that I, 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 first of all, it's always, I love talking to you and I, I love the fact that you make time for me. But the reason that I think it's important to have you on now is that if you, and I learned this through your writings, really, if you trace back the economic civil war that was taking place, you could go back to the tariffs of abomination, but you could go back about 30 years uh, to see the buildup of the civil war. And it was economic. It was an economic warfare where the government went after certain citizens. And I'm wondering, do you see that happening now? Do you think that this is, you know, I feel like we've been in a cold civil war for maybe two two decades, three, who knows, maybe more. But I'm wondering, as you see what's going on with this border issue, as you see 27 states uh, join with it, with Texas in the fight against the federal government, as you see numerous states through the last three years recognize the corruption in the federal government, the incompetence, and reject so many of the policies, do you think we're close to a second one? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, a lot of what's going on is nullification, uh, which you know something that Thomas Jefferson uh, championed when, in his day, when the, the Adams administration, John President John Adams, they passed the Sedition Act that basically outlawed uh, free speech, free political speech, and uh, and Jefferson condemned it in something called the Kentucky Resolve of 1798, and then other states for, for the next succeeding decades picked up on that, and whenever the government would do something, that they, the federal government would do something they thought was unconstitutional, they would nullify it. And it wasn't just South Carolina. There were northern states. Wisconsin was one, for example, that nullified the Fugitive Slave Act, which was a federal law that required northerners to track down runaway slaves. And the Wisconsin legislature said, we're not going to enforce that in our borders. And a lot of things, things like that happened. Uh, Ohio nullified the existence of the Bank of the United States, which was a, a first sort of precursor of the Fed, and they just said we don't we don't want this bank in our in our state, and, they, and, and, so, and so they nullified it basically, and so that that and a lot of that is going on now, uh, and uh, with yes. some of the states ignoring federal mandates, which they think are illegal and unconstitutional, and, and they are, and I think it'll eventually have to lead to secession. You know, Thomas Jefferson. Shortly before he died, I'm talking in the 1820s, he was asked, you know, the New Englanders had tried to secede first. They actually held a uh, secession convention in Hartford, Connecticut in the year 1814. And when Jefferson was asked about that, he said, uh, well, they will all be our children. He said, if, you know, if we had like a, a Western Confederacy and an Eastern Confederacy, yes. and he said, I would wish them all well. You know, compare that to Lincoln. In his first inaugural address, uh, he, he said um, he mentioned tariffs. He said it's my duty to collect the duties and imposts, which is tariffs, which had just been doubled, by the way, two days earlier, mm -hmm. tariff tax. 
And he said, beyond that, there'd be no invasion of any state. So he literally threatened an invasion of a tax collection, and then he followed through because the states that seceded had no, they had no intent on continuing to send money to Washington, D.C. So the argument had been going on for decades, and the argument primarily was over economics, was it not, between the South and the North? Well, all of them, that, that's how I got into this, because, you know, all wars in human history, uh, you follow the money is always a good, good yes, uh, piece of Yes, I live of my life, life on it. You want to find out the, the root causes of it. And that's why I started looking into Lincoln and found out he was all, he was a protectionist, you know, pro- probably the most well-known protectionist, certainly in the Republican Party. He was in favor of a central bank. You know, the, the Bank of the United States was the precursor of the Fed. And he was in favor of what we call today corporate welfare, especially for the railroad corporations. And so, and these, and this thing, these are things that were fought over in politics for 70 years, and before Lincoln came along, and and they always failed. President after president vetoed all of this as being unconstitutional, and it all came into being though during the Lincoln administration. We had the transcontinental railroads that led to the massive corruption during the Grant administration. Uh, of the, you know, the government funding of the railroads. Yes. And, and we had the high protectionist tariffs that went from the average tariff rate went from 15% to 60% at the end of the Lincoln administration. And it stayed in that range until the income tax came in in the year 1913. And so all of this that had been argued for 70 years all came into being under Lincoln, which is why I, an economist, got real interested in writing about this. And this is sort of a, a history that has been swept under the rug for the most part. Yes. And, you know, it's fascinating because I used to, uh, this is years ago when I was right out of high school and in high school, I learned that you could read the letters of the soldiers, the Civil War, as they wrote back home. And I was yeah. fascinated with the idea that these guys, for what would be considered in today's age, called uned- uneducated. But yet they had... Um, this the way in which they wrote was based in philosophy, and they were convinced that they were by fighting tyranny. And if you look at it, you know they weren't slave owners that were fighting the civil war in the south. These were poor people for the most part. But it's fascinating that to 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 see how they understood the economics of the time. And I'm wondering, do you think that's what the government now in America is kind of banking on the fact that most of the citizens don't have an understanding of exactly the bastardization of economics? how they're being taken advantage of, the redistribution of wealth, the corruption in government. Do you think they're banking on an ignorant society for complacency as opposed to well, back you know, then? I think, yeah, I think all governments at all times have banked on that, as you say. That's that's what the, the Mises Institute is all about. Yeah. And, you know, coincidentally, is economic education. And the, the, the late Murray Rothbard, who was one of the founders of the Mises Institute, uh, I use the word bamboozle. He said the government is constantly trying to bamboozle the public into acquiescing and, and giving up more and more of their money and their freedom. And and uh, you know, a big part of uh, economic education that I'm involved in is what Murray Rothbard called de-bamboozlement, so that the citizens yes. aren't as easily fooled by this. And so that's sort of a crusade that that I've been on for you know my whole career, really. I love that, and uh, I'm wondering. I know what you would, what you think. I'm wondering, do you think that Lincoln would look at this new 95 billion to the most corrupt country in Europe as the greatest policy he could ever come up with, steeped in kickbacks and corruption, or do you uh, do you think that uh, 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 the American people should be aware of exactly the kind of welfare that has expanded, not just in railroads anymore, but to nations as we see it? Yeah, well, you know, when we give all this money to Ukraine, we're we're really giving it to the American. Um, defense contractors. 
Yes. That's who's pocketing the money. Uh, and of course, a lot of the, the, the criminals who run the Ukrainian government get their, their millions and billions too that they steal. But it's mostly, mostly going to the defense contracting industry, North of Grumman and, and all the rest in, you know, in this country. And Lincoln, when, when he was, before he became president, he said he wanted to be the DeWitt Clinton of Illinois. And DeWitt Clinton was uh, accredited with inventing the spoil system. He was a New York governor, mm-hmm. and he was a, you know, a big-time, pork-barrel, crooked, corrupt politician. And, and Abe, Abe Lincoln, as a young man, came right out in public and said he wanted to be that guy in Illinois. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, big power broker, you know, the sort of the early day, early day Lyndon Johnson type. And so if he were alive today, I, I, I would think he would be right in the middle of giving $100 billion to Ukraine because he, he would, he would, his political party would be financed by the, by the defense contractors, which both parties are today, along with the drug companies, of course. And, and this is, uh, you know, they all want to be the D, the DeWitt Clintons of the world today. Yes, DeWitt you know, Clinton was a was a, was an ant compared to what what uh, these guys are. This today. is the part that is so disheartening because these scams are just growing with numbers. They're still based in the same kickback schemes. They're still still based in the same misappropriation of 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 faith and patriotism into the most corrupt people among us, named politicians. But then again, every time I think of Lincoln. I hear the people regurgitate. You could ask any kid in this country from the age of five to the age of 95, who's the greatest president? And they will repeat the only one that ever launched the military on their fellow citizens. That alone is food for thought. And that's kind of what you did with waking me up. And I can't thank you enough for it. It's really been enlightening. And the fact that you started from an economist makes all the sense in the world because it's always about the money. And it does explain how Paul and Nancy Pelosi have a better stock trading record than any of the legacy legacy uh, investors in American history or the S&P 500 itself. And I'm hoping that enough people find you at the Mises Institute. When were you uh, uh, made the head of the Mises Institute, uh, the president? I think that's the greatest thing in the world. When, when did that happen? Well, my, my first day was October 30th of last year. Well, you so deserve it. Since October 30th. You deserve it. I love the fact that you continue to kick out books, and I love the fact that you're always tying it together because it's really about an expose of political corruption. And that's the part of history that people don't want to talk about, and that's what you talk about. And uh, I thank you for making time, truly. Professor DiLorenzo, I love what you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sean. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'm still amazed how many morons are willing to call themselves Democrats. I mean, aside from the hundred years of thievery, what about the failure? I mean, everywhere you idiots reside, it's the same story. Developing news now. Four deadly shootings are under investigation this morning. They all happened within a few hours and not too far apart from each other. Two of the shootings were near schools. KTLA's Omar Lewis is live in the city of... City of L.A. KTLA. Same bulldog. Pick a Democrat sewer. By the way, you know who this is now? These are cartels because of your plans. Cartels are having a great time. In the meantime, what about the regular people? Hey guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to discuss the infamous 
child tax credit. But guys, we got food tax credits that is on the horizon. That's right. You can get a check for the cost of your food. We also have where some states are making their own permanent child tax credit. Money just raining, just raining money, especially in these Democrat sewers. The $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the, um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we are. (laughs) Get Mitchell on the line. Tell him he's taking his thing. This is what I call, you hear what I'm saying, daddy This is what you call what? Marxism? Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Yeah, another genius. Did you hear what that stupid son of a dog said yesterday? This is classic. One day, our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power? That's what we're looking at. We're looking at American history. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid son of a gun. They did overthrow the government, you fracking idiot. Reverend of the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion. You should have stuck to moving some weight. Who's he moving? Kilos? You do 10 a week, huh? Drug dealing scum. Reverend. Doesn't even know what the frack the founding fathers are or what they did. What a moron. You're a perfect newscaster on MSNBC or any other Democrat-run area. Cream Puff Jim, how do you live with yourself after supporting these fracking low-life scums? Anyway, I've been looking for an influencer. Uh, you know, shopping around for an influencer. Yeah. I was looking for an influencer. Anyway, I, I bought a streetways paper from a homeless guy. Downtown. They still sell streetways? Streetways? Streetways, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah anyway, anyway here's, you know what he said? He said he's got a channel to AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, boy. And he can, uh, he doesn't have any electronic devices or a TV or anything. Uh-huh. Somehow he, he could tell by the. Uh, you know, the, the, the editing on the paper or something, but he can give me horses or who's going to win a political race oh. or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they love betting the, the, the deadbeat, degenerate Marxist con artists at the streetwise. In the meantime, I got to tell you, I, I freaking love it. They've been a communist staple for decades. And by the way, when they used to sell streetwise, what was it, a third of what it is now? There's. Three times as many bums, homeless, and they've been preaching the same nonsense. So let me tell you what happened to me today. Because I'm not in the area, right? So I go get gas in the area here. Some girl comes up to me, you know, dressed like she just escaped from Bolivia. All she was missing was that 1932 beanie on her head. And she's she's trying to beg, but she can't tell me. So she hands me an iPhone, brand new. And on the iPhone, it says, hi, I just got here. I need some money. I said, give me the phone. Then all of a sudden, she understood English, and she ran away in that horse blanket she had on as a dress. Welcome to Chicago. What an absolute joke the whole city is. What about the $17 million? Last May, the city of Chicago called on the food depository to help feed new arrivals. Oh, we're feeding them. too. What about the $14 million to the two half-assed wise guys with the butter hands that th- think they're mobsters because their fathers were? What happened to those two scumbags? We still paying $91,000 a month? Uh, you'll never know. Anthony in St. Charles. Oh, hey, Sean. Uh, I just thought I'd break up the levity with a funny little joke about money because it seems like that's all we talk about. Anyways, here, <laughs> this one man had a rich friend, and he invited him to his house, and he showed him all of the swimming pools. He had three swimming pools, one for people who like to swim, one for people who don't like to swim, and the other people who need to learn how to swim. And then his trunks and his car- garage and his big cars. Uh-huh. And then he said, I d- took this big 
oak tree from 100 miles away, and I planted it right here by this big pool of mine so I can sit in the shade and read all afternoon under the sun in the shade. What do you think about that? And his friend said, well, it all just goes to show me all the good things God could do if only he had money. <laughs> oh, I want to know what happened to the wife. I thought that story was going to get good. Uh, Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Yeah. I listen to you all the time. I hear that clip of Biden, uh, you know, not giving Ukraine the billion dollars when he was vice president. Mm -hmm. And I still don't understand why they can't nail him for that. Because in a corrupt in a corrupt society, the law is only implemented against enemies that threaten the corruption. Joe Biden doesn't threaten the corruption. He represents the corruption. So Joe Biden should have been incarcerated. For taking a policy, you know, we make a big deal about a pretend republic that we think we have. And they pass the policy and they say, here's the policy. We're going to give the, now I disagree with the policy, but it's the policy. And some two-bit scumbag, some moron vice president goes there and says, see this billion dollars? Not going to give it to you until you fire the prosecutor. Why? Because she's looking into my son's scam. She's looking into my son's scam and that company is making this crackhead quiet. Now, if, if she doesn't go away, See this policy that the Congress did? It goes back into my pocket. Yeah. Like some like some Mexican town mayor, right? Where he's a front for the cartel. And that's what Joe Biden is. Only the American cartel, they don't actually work as hard as the Sinaloas. I mean, the Sinaloas at least get their hands dirty. The American cartel, yeah. they do nothing. They go to work in suits, and they vote to make themselves richer. The U.S. Senate has approved a $95 billion foreign aid bill. So this right here is a live look at the Capitol, where that bill passed early this morning. The package includes billions in support for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. And no one will talk about the fact that he's on tape admitting that he steered policy to get a prosecutor fire. By the way, breaking news, Mayorkas is impeached by the House. Big deal. The Senate will hold it up. And they'll come to a compromise where they get the billion stole and they'll get rid of Mayorkas, who should have been in prison right. since he was caught in the Clinton years or Obama years selling visas for half a million to, to corrupt uh, cartel members. But he was in bed with Hillary Clinton's brother, the Duchess of Chaffington, and then Terry McCullough. What was the penalty for Terry? He became the governor of Virginia. That's how you know you're in America, where when you get caught with your hand in a cookie jar, you get a promotion, like Joe Biden. He's now... The pretend president. Don't worry, he didn't win, but they'll steal the next one just like they stole the last one. David LaGrange. Sean, I love you like a brother. All right. I'm just curious. Now in the Grant Park parking garage, about to see Jordan Peterson. He's going to talk about God at the Chicago Theater. And one thing I got to ask you is that how come you don't talk more about Jordan Peterson and what he's doing on behalf of Americans and Canadians. And, I'm a big uh, fan of Jordan Peterson. It's nothing, nothing intentional. I, I like him very much. He's a hot ticket item. I don't think he'd be interested in coming on my show. But I'm a big listen. I'm a big fan. Oh my, my kids God. have his books, and yeah, I'm a big fan. I like him a lot. I do. Yeah, the, the twelve steps to uh, the twelve rules of life, and one of the ones I think is fantastic is when he says, "Make your bed," and people's like, "What do you mean, make your bed?" He said, oh, you want to change the world and uh, like come to your apartment or your house and that you don't make your bed and your house is a mess and you want to uh, say it's global warming and yeah. it's all this and that? Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. I, I hope you enjoy yourself tonight. I, I have 
I have nothing but uh, uh, love for Jordan Peterson. He's a wonderful man, and I wish him the best of luck. And he's he's influencing people and making changes in the in the way of freedom and liberty and individuality and the enlightenment. And that's what I love about him. I'm sorry he's a Canadian, but yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Thank you very much. John, I appreciate it. Thank John, you. Yeah, John, if I can say this, uh, fight the good fight, and uh, uh, I worry about you sometimes because sometimes you talk too much truth. Oh, don't worry about me, brother. If if oh, if, if, I if I, I you think I want to die laying in a bed waiting for some fat ass Democrat union nurse to bring me a sippy or change my diaper like Joe Joe Biden? <laughs> I hope I die in a fight. I can't wait to go that way. I want to go like an old man. Like Jimmy Carter right now, he's a guppy. <laughs> Somebody put a pillow over him. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Everybody's text. Why, why, why do you hate Jimmy Carter? Do you not remember the 70s, even though I was a kid, watching people thrown in the street, losing businesses. They call it now Bidenomics, I believe. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years worth of oil left in the whole world. We're going to run out of oil. Wrong. And Mr. Nixon well, aside from him being a moron, which he always was, he enriched these goat Casanovas that are still blowing up, not just Jewish people in Israel, all kinds of people. He's the one who started the foreign policy scam. In fact, he's the original Joe Biden. Another scum enriching the goat Casanovas in Iran. Same country that had their way with that dimwit Jimmy Carter. But you know how it ended, right, Squirrel? Right on Election Day. In fact, it was on Inauguration Day. The Iranian, We're going to give you the hostages back because they didn't want to get their ass blown up. That's why, because they know the difference between a man and a pansy Democrat. Crook. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. He was whimpering, screaming, and crying. And frankly, I think it's something that should be brought out. Yeah. So that maybe his we could stop hearing that Aloha snack bar. I want to hear the whimpering and the crying. <gasps> uh, Jerry in the Western Burbs. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you? Hey, Sean, you got a financial background, so I'm kind of trying to forecast there a little bit and throw some investment money. Would I be better off investing in a bus company or in a plane company <laughs> when we start repatriating all of these? Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, Jerry, and I'm, I'm dead serious. There's that app. I got I my, my wife sent it to me. There's the app that these kids have figured out. They track the disclosures of these whores in, in Washington, D.C., and where Nancy, they tell you, okay, what, what did NVIDIA do after I announced it on the show? What was that, six months ago? Would it go up 40%, 35%? Yeah. These rat inside trading whores are making a fortune. You want some advice? Forget listening to everybody. Just follow these inside the trading whores. Fund. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hammer time fund. Yeah, stinky hammers. I heard her ball peen. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry. You don't want a claw hammer in there. You know what I mean, squirrel? You do some damage. Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. What I wanted to say, Sean, is uh, <clears throat> this Mitch McConnell, he should be... Uh, Mitch the Itch? He should be... Pardon me? Mitch the Itch. By the way, if yeah. you're in Melrose Park and, and you ever meet a girl and she says the Mitch itches, don't go near her. Go ahead. <laughs> he should be voted out as the uh, leader of the Republican Party in the Senate for saying... Uh, <laughs> Uh, siding with uh, 
I don't know. Humor on this uh, Ukraine deal. Did you ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? Or otherwise, the Republicans are uh, okay with it because yeah. they're uh, part of the scam. Uh, uh, there you go. To steal more money from the uh, That's American tax. I'm bringing you along every day. You're getting it. But did you ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. He reminds me of a grandmother. I'm kind of getting used to him now. Thank you very much. Where's Jethro? Doesn't he look just like the grandmother, Mitch McConnell? From the Beverly Hillbillies. I think he looks just like her. The only difference is I think she was twice the man Mitch McConnell is. Of course, she wasn't half as rich. Craig and Mount Greywood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when this Tony Bobolinsky, who is a uh, Navy veteran in that, and he was he was under oath to the Congress, he gave testimony you know, it, it, it's not like just some uh, someone just talking like hearsay. This was actually a witness that was under oath to the Congress. I mean, that's, and if we had a Department of Justice, um, that this, this Biden family would be they'd be putting handcuffs on me. We got no Department of Justice. We got none, except if it's Republicans. If it's Democrats, it's keep on uh, keep on committing crimes and have a ball because you're free. That's to go. why you want to fix things. I want an AI Department of Justice. What do, what do you mean the president picks the head of the Department of Justice? Well, when the president's a crook, then the head of the Department of Justice is a crook enabler. Let's call him ferret face Merrick Garland. That's exactly what you're seeing. Exactly what you're seeing. We are implementing the kind of corrupt Soviet society the Russians only dreamt about. Maybe that's why Joe Biden hates the Russians. Either that or he can make a lot more money by pretending he loves the other Russians who call themselves Ukrainians. Oh! <gasps> What did I say? Yeah, tonight was a controversial show. Here's a rule of thumb. If these political whores are saying it, investigate the opposite. You're probably right. We'll be back in 21 hours to kick their dentures down their throats again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 